Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. and Walker show on a Friday. How many of you guys out there excited? Got big plans for the weekend, NFC, AFC, divisional playoffs. It's cracking, man. I mean, I know I woke up this morning feeling quite excited because I know tomorrow when I wake up, there's going to be some great football games that are going to be getting played all weekend long. So out there, keep the text coming on the text line, 704-570-9610. As I said, hit those socials. We want to hear from you on there as well. And now it is time to go to the campus. Coda. All right, folks, we told you about the way too early college football top 25. And so now at the ACC Digital Network, where you can check this out on all platforms, we like to do what we call the ACC's version of the way too early top five. So instead of 25, obviously we don't have 25 teams, but we do have our top five. And so let's get to it, shall we? Would you guys like to hear uh, what we cooked up? No. No, I'm playing. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> that, would, that would be a horrible radio segment. Yeah, so looking at next season, and I projected how I think the teams and how we think the teams will do next season. But uh, starting at number five, we bring in the Louisville Cardinals. They finished last year 10 and 4, 7 and 1 overall, or 10 and 4 overall, excuse me, 7 and 1 in the ACC. Went to the Direct TV Holiday Bowl. They've got some key players uh, coming back on that defensive line Ashton Gelodi, Mason Rieger. They've got Penny Boone, talk about all name team, coming in for Toledo. He's a running back that was the offensive player of the year in the MAC last year. So he's going to be a nice addition to replace those good backs that they had in Jawar Jordan and Isaac Guerrero and some of those guys. Then at number four, we've got the NC State Wolfpack. They were 9-4 and four overall last year, went to the Pop-Tarts Bowl. And some of their key guys, they get Jordan Waters coming over from Duke. Casey Concepcion returns. Grayson McCall comes over. From Central Carol- Central Coastal Carolina. Goodness gracious. Coastal Carolina. So we got them at number four. At number three, with the late addition of Cam Ward out of the portal from Washington State, I oh, put wow. the Miami Hurricanes at Over number State. three. Okay. Yeah, seven and six overall they were last year. Went to the Bad Boy Morris Pinstripe Bowl. Ruben Bain, a defensive end that you haven't heard about yet that's probably going to be a top 15, top 20 pick. Jacoby George also on the outside for the Miami Hurricanes. But that Cam Ward pickup to me was pretty big. I think he's going to help them a lot. And then it starts to get a little uh, controversial after this. But uh, lots of losses for this team uh, that I think is going to affect them next season. Uh, The Florida State Seminoles, I have them at number two. They went 13-1. We know all about how their season turned out. 
Capital One Orange Bowl appearance for them. DJ Uyangalale looks to be the starter there. Patrick Payton returns on the defensive line. They've got Lawrence Toffili uh, in the background. But they did a nice job in the transfer portal and with recruits as well. So we'll see. But number one, I just love how they ended the season last year. The Clemson Tigers. They got it done. Starting with Notre Dame, the Tigers went on a tear. They were motivated. Still not 100% sure uh, on, on K Klubnik as far as taking them to the playoffs and back to their glory glory from yesteryear. They went to the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl appearance where the chips were stacked against them. They had to keep battling back and keep scoring late, but they got the job done beating SEC foe Kentucky. And so their key players returning, Cade Klubnik, Phil Maffa is coming back. That's a nice get for him as well. And defensive back, another one of these guys that you ain't heard about that is going to be a phenomenal player, Khalil Barnes, a safety. I don't want to evoke the name of Sean Taylor, but uh, this guy is all over the football field. Interceptions, he's he's Johnny on the spot. He'll hit you. This kid, Khalil Barnes at Clemson, uh, looks like he's going to be a monster in Death Valley. All right, so just, just to – Wrap it up here. Clemson, yes. Florida State, Miami, NC State, Louisville. That's your top five. Yes. Okay. I think what I would switch is NC State in front of Miami. Okay. I just, I'm going to have to see you go a whole season living up to the hype before I give you preemptive hype. Can't do it anymore. Can't see it. I like Cam Ward. That's a good get for them. I like Cam Ward going to Miami more than I like DJU going to Florida State. Yeah. But... I don't think Miami can be above NC State in my head because I know that there's a floor for State. It's the ceiling that oftentimes gets pressure, uh, gets questioned, and I get that. I guess I'm doing the whole I can't give Miami the benefit of the doubt and then give it to State, who also don't know how much they've earned it on their ceiling. I love what they did, though. I They retained important pieces. They went out and they got a new quarterback, as you mentioned, in Grayson McCall, who and I that think Jordan Waters pickup was big yeah, too. State hasn't had a yeah. really good running back in a couple of years. And they're and they have produced a lot of very good running backs, but you're right, the last couple of seasons it has not been what we had become accustomed to in that backfield. I love what state is all about here. I, I think maybe you just give Florida State their love because of the way they finished. But they did lose a lot of guys. They and did. you know how I am exactly. on the DJU thing. Honestly, if I were making it, how I would truly feel. State won? Whoa. Okay. Nice little bowl offseason predictions. I, We're here for it. Let's go. So you think that State. Florida State just lost so much. I, I have not done nearly as much much research on how much Florida State has on yeah. their roster. And mm-hmm. so I'm not accounting for much as that. But yeah. that's a lot of talent. And Florida State, two years ago, they finished with a nice season. But how much. Does, does, yeah, does I mean, Mike Norvell just get real? Yeah, power? you're talking about they losing Jordan Travis, Trey Benson, uh, Johnny, Johnny Wilson, um, my boy from Michigan State. Um, Lord, everybody's name is escaping me. Jared Verse is gone. It doesn't matter. There's Keon, a lot of people. Keon yeah. Coleman. Right. Yeah, he's gone. Uh, so, yeah, they are missing a lot of guys. No question about it, Walking, That's why. I mean, I can see some of the comments already on videos. People, I, Florida State behind Clemson is blasphemous. But I'm like, you guys lost. A lot of guys. Uh, Casey from Cherryville says, yeah, the ceiling is the roof with orange soda. Let me tell you, we're almost done with this thing. I feel very different. This is very true for me. Uh, the ceiling is the roof. I, I, You know, screw it. <laughs> NC State, they're winning the whole damn thing. Go Pack. All right, so our weekend ACC basketball preview. Not Nothing crazy as far as big matchups this weekend, but Virginia Tech travels to NC State. Louisville comes to Wake Forest. North Carolina goes on the road to Boston College. Clemson goes 
to red-hot Florida State. Do we see any upset potential uh, in these matchups, especially when you talk about the teams who are uh, competing at the top at the moment, talking about Carolina, Wake, NC State, and Duke also takes on Pittsburgh? All right, so if I'm looking at some of these matchups for the biggest upset potential, I think North Carolina is going to be able to take care of business this weekend. Yeah, they'll slaughter Boston College. I would think so. Duke at home against Pittsburgh. It, I was talking to Fiddy about it earlier this week. Bad weekend slate for college basketball. The only one I would say in is... In the ACC. Nationally, yeah, it's a yeah, great day. Yeah, in the ACC, it's a bad slate. Virginia Tech at NC State, maybe. Virginia Tech just always plays spoiler the last couple of years. That's what they've been able to do. And NC State, that would even if they are at home... This would be the time that they let everybody down. So maybe it's Virginia Tech at NC State. But honestly, it's really tough because this is not an impressive slate of ACC college Yeah, basketball. for me, uh, and then Fiddy, you can chime in as well. But, uh, you know, my Deeks, I can't wait to see how they're going to respond to this because Louisville has gone on the road and beat Miami. Now, if they beat Wake Forest, yeah, you're going to see the steam coming from Concord. <laughs> but uh, they should be able to get the job done. But I think that's a matchup Wake needs to watch themselves. They need to come out and start quick. And I jump on Louisville and put the doubt in their minds early. Fiddy, what you got? Look, I, I think Carolina's going to win tomorrow afternoon. Don't be surprised if that's still a game deep into the second half. I think Quentin Post is maybe the best player in the country that nobody knows about. I would agree with that, uh, man. He's a baller. Conti Forum is a tough place to go play, whether they're good or bad. It's going to be sold out tomorrow. Maybe they bring Tyrese Rice back, Raheem Sanders, Jared Dudley, just to get that crowd. Craig uh, Smith, you know, don't, a don't bit get us on the We already it. played this game this now, week. Now, let me I point out how the man gave my deeks hell for going on the road and losing games, but now all of a sudden, was it Boston sold out? College is a tough place to play. Was it sold out? Now, I'm just saying, now Boston College is a tough place to play. When I tried to tell him ACC road games, and he very well knows this, being an ACC historian. But now Carolina's going to a dangerous Boston College. Well, facility. He's trying to hedge his bets in case there's an upset. See, Wes, selective hearing is becoming a, a really big problem at uh -huh. the station. Uh -huh. You said it was a big win for Wake Forest. I'm not going to come on here on Monday and say my Tar Heels got a big win. But I know how hard it is to go into that building and play. Because when there's energy, it's small. It gets really loud. When there's no one there, you got to create your own energy. So... I'm just saying if you're a diehard Carolina fan like me and it's still up in the air at the under eight timeout in the second half, don't be surprised because Earl Grant's boys, they play as hard as anybody in the conference. Can I ask you this? Is it really an upset if Syracuse beats Miami this weekend? Where's the game? No, I would say no. In Syracuse? No. That's what I'm. Syracuse where, is really good at home. Where are we in, with Miami? Miami just lost everything, right? They're kind of just middle of the road. I mean, I feel yeah. like they're very inconsistent. And then uh, your 49ers taking on North Texas, man. I know you're going to pick them, but uh, do you feel like that this is the team on the upswing? I think what they have gone through the last three games. I was just talking about this last night where they've basically been good for a week, but they've been really good for that week. They were. They only had four points in the first 10 minutes of their most recent game against Rice. They come all the way back and win, even if it takes an overtime. Of course, this started with a win over FAU. I really like Aaron Fern. I think they have a couple of ballers on that squad, and I like what Fern is able to bring to this team. I think they're slowly starting to buy in, and I think everything you hear about this uh, roster and how they buy in to Coach Fern, they're playing for him to get that permanent title. 
So you always like to see that when somebody steps in with the interim basis. And then if he's able to be successful, get that permanent job. Good for him. Good for this squad. I think they keep on rolling here against North Texas. All right. Well, when we come back on the Wesson Walker show, how can the Panthers capitalize on a rookie scale contract? That and a whole lot more on Sports Radio 92.7. WFNZ, don't touch that down. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I'm hurting, folks. We're trying to get back on track. Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7, WFNZ. We're going to chronicle what is going to be the last sip here. I, it looks like I'm I'm trying to finish this thing in an hour and a half. If I'm a wimp, I'll be that. You got that. If I'm a champ, that, that's one I'll be right that. There. I just, I'm struggling right now. My head is dizzy. I feel weird. I, I, I feel like I'm energetic and also sick at the same time. You better just drink hella water when you're done, man, and flush your system out. It feels, it's a very weird feeling. So right now, I have, I don't even know what you would say. Like, that's probably, the problem is, when you get to the bottom of the two liter, it's a little wider. And so, when you're drinking it, it goes down a lot slower. And it's just this weird mental torture that you have if you are one to drink a two liter within less than two hours. All right, we'll we'll do it. We'll do it in a second. Um (laughs) You know, <laughs> we'll do it in a second. All right. I'm going to try to get this thing going. It's Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. All right. Let's go to some Carolina Panthers conversation where Bill Barnwell of ESPN talked about all the teams with the quarterback on a rookie scale contract and what it would take for those teams to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, pretty lofty goals for Carolina right now to win the Super Bowl with Bryce Young as the QB. But if you see a couple of the ways that these teams are divvied up, there's group one, when a rookie quarterback contract goes wrong. That's the Atlanta Falcons group, the Raiders group, the Patriots group, the Pittsburgh group, and those are the only team in group one of when contracts go wrong. Carolina is the lead of group two. That question is, is this the right quarterback? I'll start there, Wes. Is that the right question to ask about Carolina? Yeah uncertainty about if this is the yeah, right QB? just because the rookie year just did not go according to plan and so that's not to say that we've given up on Bryce that's not to say that we don't think that uh he's still the guy but that is saying that he's got to prove it because you and I both thought that he would have a much better rookie season than what he had and with that said, you know, you and I both are in the camp that we need to see more from Bryce Young. 11 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, uh, passer rating of 73.7. We know what was missing. We know the deficiencies on his offense. I get it. 
But at the same time, as the offseason goes, as improvements are made, because I do think that this is a roster that's going to improve. I think that with the aggression that we've seen from David Tepper in the past, whether it's trying to get in on every deal for every big-time player that's out there, there's going to be some aggression by the Carolina Panthers that they're going to come in and try and uh, insulate Bryce with as much talent as possible. And so with that said, there you can't sit here, even the biggest Bryce optimist can't sit here and say with 100% certainty, yeah, this guy's going to be a stud. After what we saw this year, it's like, okay, we still believe in him. We saw flashes. Now we need to see more to solidify that you're that dude. Yeah, and and so here's what Bill Barnwell has to say. He said the Panthers probably envisioned their season turning out like Houston's. Instead, they went 2-15, and 15, fired Frank Reich, and appeared to set rookie number one overall pick Bryce Young backwards in the process. Here's what he also writes. Young produced a 67 adjusted net yards per attempt. That's a measure that adjusts for era. The only QBs who have thrown for 200 or more attempts in their debut seasons with a worse stat like that, produced a mixed bag of future success. There were two hits, Terry Bradshaw and Jared Goff. Those are guys that had worse um, worse adjusted net yards per attempt than Bryce Young. And there are three failures, Deshaun Kaiser, Ryan Leaf, and Josh Rosen. So depending on how you view it, the excuses you might make for Young are either promising or discouraging. Do you think he's going to end up more in the Bradshaw-Goff mold or Kaiser-Leaf-Rosen? Because... I've used the comparison for Rosen a lot, or excuse me, not Rosen, for Jared Goff a lot. Mm-hmm. There was no reason to suggest hmm. that Jared Goff was going to be uh, a breakout candidate in year two. There was nothing that he, sh- maybe in Cal, but not first year with the Rams. Remember, he didn't even play all that much. It was Case Keenum starting at first. The offensive line was absolutely terrible. They had a, a star in the backfield and Todd Gurley, but then they hit on some draft picks. They go out and they get Robert Woods who wasn't as old as Adam Thielen, but still a good veteran receiver and helped them out for quite a long time. And you know what? They go get the right hire. So can you undergo a Rams kind of renaissance in order to help Bryce Young reach the kind of turnaround that Jared Goff experienced from year one to year two? Yeah, you just got to have an organization that's going to go all out to do what they need to do for their quarterback. Because you think back to some of the greats. Think about Peyton Manning. How many bad teams has Peyton Manning played on outside his rookie year? He was pretty much always insulated with talent. Uh, when you look at, you know, the, the Troy Aikman, the bad rookie year that he had, as they begin to add pieces, begin drafting linemen, begin bringing in the Michael Irvin, Emmitt Smith, and all of those guys. And so, you know, I don't think Bryce is much different than a lot of other rookie quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence in, in the same boat. A lot of people, that a, a guy that a lot of people like to compare their rookie seasons too and so that's why we're on this wait and see approach and that's why we haven't given up on Bryce Young because 11 touchdowns to 10 interceptions with all things considered is still respectable if you think about it you're sacked 62 times that's not accounting for the hits that you took that's not accounting for the when you put everything in that gumbo whether you talk about the bad offensive line regressing the lack of real receiving talent uh, coach, and that's another thing too, is the off the field stuff, the, the constant switching of coaching. We've read, it's been documented about all the different voices that he had to hear from, and he still had a respectable rookie year. It's not like the guy went out and threw 27 interceptions or something like that. He went 11 to 10, and so I think that that's 
a, a a feather in his hat. Now, we want to see more consistency as far as the numbers go. We'd like to have seen a couple more 300-yard games or at least a couple of 250-yard games to go into all that. But when you put everything into the pot, you got to respect kind of how it turned out for him. It's just that now once – as I said, the aggression is put forth. They start to go out and get guys to make this thing better. Then they want to see, all right, are you going to elevate along with that? Because you can't name any quarterbacks. Listen, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, those guys are rare. Where you can give them, you know, kind of mid-level receiving core and they can still make it happen, elevate, every, elevate everybody's play uh, around them. Most quarterbacks, they're going to need – the right amount of talent. Yeah, I, I was looking this up because it, it felt like I was in this weird space, and I think I even said this last offseason, and some texters made fun of me for it. Now, honestly, I think I deserved it. But I almost wanted Bryce Young to throw a decent amount of interceptions. Like, not that I wanted that to happen, but I, I wanted to see him take shots. I wanted to see an offense that allowed him to really let him play his game, and we didn't see that this past year. So I was looking up the stat of most interceptions by rookie QBs in a season. Peyton Manning leads the way at 28 interceptions. It really is an astonishing number. <laughs> that's that's almost two a game. Interceptions for Peyton Manning in 1998. And then you go Greg Zorn, 76, or Jim Zorn, excuse me. Terry Bradshaw, 1970. And then there's a lot of quarterbacks that did not make it. Until you get to, I'm still looking, Matthew Stafford, who threw 20 in 2009. Yeah. So, I guess, I don't know what to do with that. It, it does it does say that at least he didn't have a lot of the interceptions that other quarterbacks have. And most, most often we've seen the quarterbacks that threw a lot of interceptions not pan out. Peyton Manning did. That's the classic example everybody goes to. In fact, I would say, if your market is bringing up Peyton Manning's rookie season... Your rookie QB is probably struggling that year. <laughs> yeah. That's how it always goes. Terry Bradshaw, same thing. Other than that, not a lot of success with the guys that throw a lot of picks until you get to Matthew Stafford at 20. And you're right. Bryce Young didn't do that. So how do you cut down on all of these mistakes? It's all about finding the right coach. And now we have to figure out if that's Dave Canales, if that's Ben Johnson, who will come here too, and maybe even Bobby Slowick. I think that's what's interesting. Now, Jeff Howe, who wrote an athletic piece about Bobby Slowick and the offense surrounding C.J. Stroud, also talked about, I believe this is, uh, Fiddy, correct me if I'm wrong here, Jeff wrote the article on the gap between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Right, and so he joined Knack and Bone earlier today to discuss how the Panthers' offense just wasn't conducive to the success for Bryce Young. It just wasn't conducive to success for Bryce Young in Carolina. And another thing that somebody said to me was, you dropped a unique quarterback into a bad situation. I mean, you need a lot of things around him to go well. And there were other things that I think were working against him. They, uh, I understood why they wanted him to have more of a pocket presence and avoid scrambling because he's five foot ten and weighed 204 at the combine. I would assume he's a little heavier than that, but still small relative to quarterback standards. They wanted to keep him in the pocket. There were a lot of voices in his head telling him to do, uh, voices from other coaches in his head telling him what to do. And, uh, you know, that's going to speed things up. That's going to make guys less confident, less comfortable, and you're going to have worse results. And if you put C.J. Stroud or any other quarterback in that situation, they're going to struggle. Now, maybe the results would be better with Stroud because we just saw how fantastic of a rookie season he had. Maybe... Uh, over the course of more time and, and more 
uh, more facts, more examples, we will find out that C.J. Stroud was absolutely, maybe even unequivocally, the better player of the two. But I certainly would not write off Bryce Young based off of one season. Yeah, I totally agree that you can't write him off. And now the question is, can you just go steal the guy that created the offense around C.J. Stroud and bring him to coach your first overall pick at QB? Where would you rank him right now? Bobby Slowick, Dave Canales, Ben Johnson, Wes. Is it still Bobby, who I think you ranked number one, but now we've fallen in love with Dave Canales for a couple of different reasons. Has Dave passed Bobby Slowick on your ranking compared to a week ago? Oh, man. All right, so I'm going to be decisive here and rank him. I'm not going to go a tie at the top. I'm not going to you. No, I'm sad, but I, I, I like I, to be on yeah, that's, that's why we get paid the big bucks, so that we can be decisive. I we mean, don't want to be on here towing the line. I ain't towing the line. No, we can, know, we can give some nuance. We can say, yeah. we can ask the real philosophical question, right. but that's fine. If you All right, be so if sure. I'm ranking him, I'm going to go... Oh, my God, this is hard. I would go Bobby Slowick one just for the work that he's done with C.J. Stroud. I'm going to go with him at one. I'm going to go with Canales at two. Also because, like you said, the petty factor, taking something away from a division rival, also having worked with a quarterback that's kind of physically limited as far as the height and all that stuff in Baker Mayfield. So he knows how to design a game plan to benefit a smaller quarterback. I'll go with him, too. Ben Johnson, I, I like Ben Johnson a lot, though, man. I'm, that's that's a hard thing, too, because he's been so sterling in his two seasons as the offensive coordinator as far as the rankings. Everything's there that you want from him. I don't think you can lose with either of the three, so let yeah. me preface it that way. You can't lose with either three. I think these are all A hires, if you ask me. But as far as who I like and thinking about the job that they've done, I think the GM, and I think that it, it, it's gone hand in hand. Detroit's general manager has done an excellent job. I'm sorry, I forget forget his name, but he's done an excellent Uh, job. Brad Holmes, right? Brad Holmes. Yes, he's done an excellent job in bringing talent to that franchise, and Ben Johnson has maximized that. And so uh, with his play calling, and Detroit is a team, too. One thing you got to respect about Ben Johnson, Detroit can beat you in a multitude of ways. And that's something to be said for, too, is that Detroit can run the football. They can ground and pound you. They can be dynamic with Jameer Gibbs. They can throw it to St. Brown and those guys. So Detroit's got a lot of ways they can beat you. But that's my ranking. What you got, Fitty? And it was decisive. You know, you brought up, you know, (laughs) you're wanting to hire Slope to recreate with Bryce what he did with Stroud. But do we know how Bobby Slope feels about Bryce Young? Like, because we all know know that Houston, if they would have had the number one pick, they were going to draft Bryce Young because that's who the GM was going to draft. The GM drafts and the and the coaches work with what you're with, with what they're given. If you're taking the job, it's because you believe that Bryce is going to be that guy. We don't know if Bobby Slug believes that he's going to be the guy. We know how Todd Bowles thinks, and maybe Todd Bowles is using Dave Canales's words and putting him to a public platform because both times Carolina played Tampa, Todd Bowles went out of his way to praise a young struggling rookie quarterback. And so things we got to remember out with Slowick is he's done a fantastic job with the rookie, but with the rookie that he was given, maybe not the one he would have drafted, but, but also maybe the one he would have originally been given. And I wonder just how much he had planned for Bryce young to be his QB until it all went the way it did with the Panthers moving up to number one. It doesn't mean that he doesn't want Bryce Young, and yeah. we'll figure that out. But you're right. We don't know what Bobby Slowick know, uh, wants. In fact, 
I think the only thing we do know is that he likes the QB that he's working with right now. It just comes with an offensive coordinator title rather than a head coaching title. You know, the only thing that keeps me from being so sure that Bobby Slowick is number one on this list is the fact that he is pretty young. And I know that's the hot thing, but one-year experience, Dave Canales has just been around a little bit longer. He's what, like 32, isn't he? No, Dave Canales is older than that. No, no I'm talking oh, about I think 36. I think 36. We, and this guy spent, what, three years at PFF? Right. So it's been an it's, – it's also CFF time, too. Like a weird background for Bobby Slowick, but I love the way that he dials up protection. And if you look, I was looking at some of the plays last night that were among C.J. Stroud's best throws. Bobby Slowick constantly dials up extra protection for them to be able to attack downfield. And you've gone over the revolving door at guards, too, that they've suffered a lot of injuries yeah, up front. Ten different offensive linemen when you factor in that five of them played less than 40 snaps, I believe. And he consistently gave C.J. Stroud enough time using different personnel groupings, condensed formation. There was extra protection, which something we wanted to see from the Panthers. Yet he found a way. Yes, it helps when Laramie Tunsil's in there. Laramie Tunsil's as good a pass protector as there is in, in the league, minus Trent Williams, and there is a couple of But you get the idea. He's in Tier 1, whatever that looks like, Tier 2. And then all the other things that he gets celebrated for with the, the scheme helping C.J. Stroud stay upright and attack downfield while also just dialing up the easy plays for him to complete. Man, it was impressive, man. And then, so... You, you can see where Slowick's mind is at work, and then you can see he's just going to let C.J. Stroud ball out a little bit, and he's going to allow him to, and I think that's what's so impressive about yeah, it. Yeah, and another thing, too, is you look at, you know, another thing you want to know is can a coach, you know, what can he work with? So we're talking about Slowick, and you talk about the fact that they've rotated 10 different linemen in uh, this year, but also an impressive thing about Canales and Slowick yeah. is that, Slowick is working with the 25th best rushing attack, and Canales is working with the 31st best rushing attack. Now, Tampa's gotten better down the stretch, but these are guys that have playoff teams that are in the second round. They won their games with limitations, and I think that that's a huge thing to look at as a head coach, too, guys that can adjust and be able to win in different ways. He also comes from the Shanahan tree, which is good enough for some people writing in. Last one. Good question from M-Dog, just real quickly. If Jim Harbaugh was a part of the interview process, would he be number one? Not for me. It'd still be Slowick? Yeah, I still would want to see a fresh face here. I mean, Harbaugh, ugh, Harbaugh's big time, though. So He's big time. I just wouldn't put him number one, though. What about you, Fetty? Would he be number one? Yeah, I mean, he'd be number one by a... By a landslide. None of these other guys can hold Jim Harbaugh's jockstrap when it comes to coaching. There's more. Well, we risk. don't know that yet. Right, but there's more risk. It is. There's more risk because of your owner, not 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 because of the coach. He's a proven coach in no, the NFL. No, no, no. I'm saying I'm with you. There's more risk with the coordinators. There's not with Harbaugh. There's not as much because we've seen what he's done in the yeah. NFL. I'm I'm saying there's more risk with the coordinators if you want a new face because I'm with you. I always like the new too. I always like the coordinators and bringing them in and seeing if you can find the next guy that's going to be in place for a long time because so often what happens is the guy that gets hired the second go around, it might work out. He might be great, but um, so often they don't. I feel like you see it so often they don't, whereas Jim Harbaugh... That's not really the case. You just had some well, bad blood between him and Balky, and then they chose Balky. And right, and the, but the end of, uh, of that San Francisco time too. You know, obviously, I'm speaking from experience. I mean, when Kaepernick started to fall off a cliff, 
so did the Niners. So, you know, there, there you have that. I mean, the end of San Francisco wasn't so great. So it's not like he's this guy that just comes in and you just win, win, win all the time. Like, he caught lightning in a bottle. At least at the Cap. start, though. At yeah, least. he caught lightning in a bottle with Cap. Well, oh, and he took Alex Smith to an NFC championship he, game. He, Smith was about to be done. And it, yeah. it did feel like he revived his career, too. He's he's great. All right, I'm about to finish this bottle. Let's. I'm going to finish this bottle, and then we're going to go to break. I'm almost done. Uh, so the time will be like an hour and a half. I started drinking this at like 12.05, 12.06. We wanted to document for evidence that we're going to get this thing done before we even get to the last hour of Wes and Walker. So who loves orange soda? Walker doesn't love orange soda anymore. I'm done with it. West loves orange soda. Let's go. Come on now. That was a weak first sip. Finish it. You still got some more? Stop playing. <laughs> go to break. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say... They're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Biggie. All right, the orange soda punishment, it is done. I struggled drinking the last little bit of that and then forcing Fiddy or Wes or somebody to take us to break. And Fiddy, all he did was just fire the commercials straight up. I could not get myself to say the sign-off in order for us to go into a break. But thank you so much for actually pressing the, the play button. I've seen the office, Walker. I know how to save a man that's choking. You know, the Heimlich remove, uh, maneuver, go full Dwight and maybe just... Go for the heart. Get the arter. Get the arteries ready. Harvest the organs. <laughs> <laughs> I am an organ donor, so thank you. You can take care of me if you want to. Is it bad that I'm not? Uh, we have opened up a very interesting door. <laughs> yeah, we have. Why are you not an organ donor? Because whenever I, because you do it when you fill out your license, right? And that where you mark it. Like I just didn't think about it. Or okay, because a lot of people would do it because they feel like they're not going to try to save you as much. That was the idea for some people. Did you have that thought as well? Like, if I'm an organ donor, they just might let me die here just to save my organs to save somebody else? No, I mean, because as you know firsthand, everybody loves Fiddy. So I don't think that's going to be the case. But whenever I was, you know, getting doing my license, I just didn't think about it. I wasn't at the top of the dome to think, man, I want to be an organ donor. Whenever I switch my license to North Carolina, I will be. Oh, in Oregon, though. Okay, so you're going to... I got to renew mine this summer, so I guess that would be an option for me when I renew it. Yeah. Are you not an Oregon donor? Hell, I don't even know. I, if I was the okay. kid, I'd say no. <laughs> okay. I'd say no. All right. Um, no, hell no. Jerk or not a jerk, that Fiddy and Wes might not be Oregon donors. You can text us, 704-570-9610. We can move on to an interesting story that we've seen from Sports Illustrated. I guess not written by any of their staff writers anymore. They let all of them go. Wes, I know you had this. You were interested in talking about Sports Illustrated uh, letting go of their entire staff, something that we 
grew up on reading, getting excited anytime the issue would be in the mailbox. And then we would read whether it be faces in the crowd, whether it be a mm-hmm. one on one, whether it be the excellent cover that you just wanted to stare at Don't before previews. you opened up in 30 seconds worth of time after you looked at the cover. Sports <laughs> Illustrated used to be a monster deal. Sports Illustrated for kids, too, by the way, that. That S- part. SI Kids was phenomenal. It's sad. We've seen this. So this is almost like the relative that is really old mm-hmm. that was dying slowly anyway. So like I knew it, it would be sad if this thing hit me right over the head. But you could see this coming from a mile away. Sports Illustrated has been uh, a bleep show for what? Like five, six, seven years now. It's been a long time. Coming. It has been. I guess I could say I did not necessarily see that. But I guess the I, the AI thing should have been a precursor to let you know that something bad was coming. But man. Man, listen, if you like sports and, and over the age of 30, but even if you're younger than that, you still might go back into the archives and see some of those things. But for so long, before social media came, before the 24-hour news cycle came, Sports Illustrated was one of the authorities. And you talk about whether you're reading it in the doctor's office or you got subscriptions, whatever the case may be. I remember covers. Uh, I went into one of the guys that I work with at uh, ACC Digital, man, one of our IT guys, and he had a couple of classic Cowboys covers. Uh, in his thing. And I remember those when I was a kid, when my mom got them, when the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. And I remember reading those. Uh, it introduced you to so many athletes who can forget the LeBron cover or the Bryce Harper cover or things like that. And hey, for the fellas or, or women, whoever read it, the, the swimsuit edition, I still remember in fifth grade. <laughs> Bringing my issue with Tyra Banks to school with Tyra Banks on the cover when she was the cover girl. I didn't get in big trouble, but they just said, hey, that might be a little inappropriate uh, for you fifth graders to be sitting around looking at that. I could see that. But uh, And I used to love the previews. I mean, that was back in the day before you had, you know, where you could go online and see 60 different previews from different places. The Sports Illustrated previews used to always be very... Uh, creative. They would always be very informative. I always used to love the way that they would do it because you'd get the dope cover story about whatever team they thought was the best. Then they would break it down and just graphically and all those things, man. So Sports Illustrated would certainly be missed, even though, I mean, God knows. When I would be in doctor's offices or something like that, if, if they had some laying around, I would go pick them up and read them, man. So, you know, as Myron Goodman said on the text line, RIP to SI, man. What you think, Fiddy? Did you grow up on Sports Illustrated as much? Every was every Thursdays, whenever you would get your, your, your issue in the mail, and it would be the, the best day because one of my chores as a kid was to go check the mail. On Thursdays, you'd have a little bit of a different pep in your step because yeah. there's going to be that SI there, and I'm with Wes. Dude, the preview editions, especially for college football, oh, they man. were just – it was just it different. It was dope. And you would spend hours just reading over these previews and, re- and remembering the information and the predictions. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was something that you would reference throughout the year when you would talk college football with your friends. I've got all three special editions of Carolina's national titles in my lifetime, 05 I got oh, nine. I got them too. 17. They're going to be framed on the wall. Like this, th- th- this is a sad day because as, as Wes said, if you're a sports fan born from 1960 beyond SI is a part of your life in more ways than one. Yeah. And I'll say too, man, another thing. I used to love the NFL draft previews and oh, I used man. to remember back in the day, Dr. Z. I remember the Dr. Z joints, man. So like I said, sports illustrated did it just in a, in a really great way. And they were ahead of their time in a lot of different ways, man. Yeah, I saw this one tweet from, I guess, what is it? Leander, same handle elsewhere is the Twitter handle here. But they bring up a good point. Sports Illustrated model was really simple back in the day. Employ one to four of the best writers in every sport. Let them cook. 
charge people to read what they wrote. It's insane that big business brains managed to bleep that up with half the century of cachet as the industry leader. So it's Maven, I believe, that purchases them first. And then over the last, I would say, what, like 2016, 17, 17, something like that. And that's why it's it's not as surprising to me. Here we are talking about AI where they put up this fake person, a fake picture of a dude, and then they just have AI write some of the articles and the write-ups because it wasn't special anymore. Nobody has treated Sports Illustrated as it was something special the last five years. And so now here it is just pretty much dying, having laid off everybody that did work there. Now, this is what's unfortunate. It sucks that everybody that did still use Sports Illustrated as a platform for their own growth, it became somewhat of a what? Like a SB Nation almost. It became something like that to help your own platform, even if it wasn't as prestigious, right? Because it used to be the best in the game, and there were a handful for each of those sports, but that was not true anymore, which is fine. You could still try to live off of the letters SI because it did bring a lot of prominence and then see where your career was going to go. But now the fact that they're not even doing that, you can't even put together a nice enough model for uh, people that are trying to get into the game to use you to get to something a little more prestigious now. I mean, yeah, it, it's completely done. And I think everybody here agrees the preview issues, reading those on the plane, best read in the world, because they would keep the previews up for such a long amount of time mm-hmm. at your Hudson News in the airport, wherever you were about to get your reading material, and then just diving into that, the whole plane ride made it so much shorter. And now we don't get that. And I'm telling you, not a lot of great alternatives, in my opinion, for some of the other stuff. Like Lindy Sports for fantasy football. Yeah. That's something I'll hop on. Athlon isn't bad for college sports. Athlon's not bad. Oh, You'll, yeah. That's, it, yeah, it, that's, that's great stuff. They'll have some, but it's not the same. It's not, not the, the standard. Same. It's not. It's not. All right. RIP Sports Illustrated and a huge shout to anybody trying to make it in this industry because it is tough now, especially with more and more outlets being taken away from you. One more hour to go in the uh, on the Weston Walker show uh, live wire on a Friday. Something a little different here now that we're not in football season anymore, at least for the Carolina Panthers. Fiddy will bring us the live wire on the other side of the break. Sports uh, Sports Illustrated. It's not Sports <laughs> Illustrated. They got fired. Weston Walker. I'm struggling off the orange soda. 92.7 FM.